Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14, where the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. Is your God a good God? You know, He's your Heavenly Father. It's such a great revelation. Uh, usually, for a long time, I didn't get to experience a family day weekend. It is a family day weekend, right? Is that what it is? I didn't get to experience that because it was usually, I was usually in India during this time. So it's, it's been fun to, you know, experience this family day time. And yet my wife decided to use it to go away this weekend. <laughs> my daughter along with her, so that's wonderful. And so they're in Michigan visiting a part of our family, though Mary and Brian, who are just really, really precious to us all. Part of the impact community that's growing over in Michigan. It's growing by leaps and bounds. I understand one of the pigs had piglets, so it's fantastic. So their own little bit of green acres over there. I hope my wife doesn't get any ideas. Amen. She's a city girl. I claim it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. I don't know. I, I feel like the last several weeks, uh, I've been, you know, something's been trying to make me live somebody else's life. It's been a bit weird. I had this accident, which was weird, and uh, that was not my accident. I mean, I don't own that. That was just weird. That was, you know, my God. And then, you know, after that, I uh, uh, waited for the insurance to settle things up, and then I called, and they said that they, they sent us, you know, the results of the accident, but they sent us a picture of the wrong car. I went, this whole thing's wrong. It's the wrong car. So they said, we think we're going to write it off anyway, but we got, a, got the wrong car. So then they decided that they would send me the wrong check. And they sent me somebody else's check. I mean, the envelope had my name on it, but the check inside had somebody else's. And they got the wrong check. So I bought a new car, and I bought the car I wanted. I went to pick it up, and my license plates were on the wrong vehicle. <laughs> this is a true story. True story. I pull up, and Kelly drops me off. And she says, aren't those your plates? I go, they are my plates. That's not the car I bought, though. And I went in and said, hold on, hang on. It's not and it's just been one of those things. So my wife took the new car to Michigan, so I had to drive her car this morning. And when I backed the car out of the garage, I thought, have I still got the emergency brake on? What is going on? This thing's not moving very well. Then I realized the whole car was on a tilt. And uh, I got outside, looked, and there was flat tires on the right side. I said, this is not my car. <laughs> so I said, I am not changing a tire this morning. So I pulled out my phone, and I pressed Uber. And uh, somebody got me to church this morning at 7 o'clock in an Uber vehicle. So, I mean, anybody else having one of those experiences? Well, maybe you got mine, sister. Let's trade. I don't know what's going on. But I'm like, this is the weirdest thing going on. But thank God, no matter what, in all of these different situations or circumstances, I don't know who I'm running into or what's going on or who needs an encounter with me where God shows up in their lives because all of these things have taken me down different paths, different places, but I know this, that God is at work for good. 
to those who love him called according to his purposes. So I'm encountering all kinds of new people, new places for different reasons. And I'm keeping my eyes wide open, my spirit attuned to heaven because somebody needs an encounter with me. And God is shaping all of these things so that I can have deeper, intimate conversations with people. And so we are enjoying life. Are you enjoying life? So I got to meet an Uber driver this morning. I didn't plan to do that, but I got to meet somebody and pray with him and be with somebody else that I, I didn't expect to be with. Oh, Jesus. But it's so good to know that in everything, that God is giving you opportunities outside of the norm. And be aware that whatever's going on, God is good. And he's ready to touch people and do new things. So it's good fun following Jesus, isn't it? So we love them, and we're a part of the family of God. So I'm going to preach at you this morning, my goodness, Luke chapter 5, verse 37 to 38. It says, and no one puts old wine in old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst, and the wineskins will be spilled, and the wineskins will be ruined. So the wine gets spilled out and ruined. The wineskin gets ruined. But it says, we put new wine into new wineskins so that both, say both, so that both are preserved. You see, the wine is important, but so is the wine skin. And the wine skin is really, really important because the wine skin is the vehicle that helps us dispense the wine, manifest the wine, and declare this is wine. And it's, it's hard to bring, you know, a fluid that's not in a container to a table. There is a wine skin, and both are very, very important to what God wants to do. Acts chapter 6, Acts chapter 6, verse 1 through to 7. I'm going to read the whole thing. It says, now in those days, what were those days? Those were the days where the Holy Ghost was poured out, the church was born, radical signs, wonders, miracles, demonstrations of his power. I mean, the whole areas were touched. I mean, the apostles were used in mighty ways. Many of the disciples used in mighty ways. I mean, people were coming from everywhere. People were coming just to find out where Peter was because they thought his shadow has healing power. It wasn't his shadow. It was the fact that he was packing such an anointing, packing the glory of God, just like you are, that wherever he went, the kingdom was in manifestation, not on purpose, but just on involuntarily people were being healed just by walking past Peter. How cool is that? I mean, I don't know. I'm encountering new people for whatever reasons, but I am in their presence. So I've been brought into the presence of different people because of circumstances and I'm bringing the kingdom everywhere I go. So people are getting touched and people are getting blessed. But here they are. I mean, this is the church. Now in those days, the number of the disciples was multiplying. Say multiplying. Wow, addition is fantastic, but multiplication is way better. They were multiplying, and there arose a complaint. There arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. Now, there, there were Greek people, there were Jewish people, there were people of all various different backgrounds in the church. And you see, they decided that they wanted to care for everybody. They shared everything in common. People were cared for and taken care of. But it came to their attention that, that some of the Greek widows had been overlooked. And there rose a complaint. If you go look at that word complaint, it's a pretty angry word. People got ticked off. Miracles, signs, wonders, multiplication, the glory of God, Peter's shadow healing people, and some people were ticked off. Can you imagine, with all that going on, there was people upset. With all that glorious, wonderful thing going on, people in the community were upset. So the apostle said, get over it and grow up. The glory of God is here. Quit thinking about yourself or we'll kick you out of the organization. That's not what they said. Thank God for that. Amen. 
Some churches, that could happen, but, oh, you know, hey, just get with the program, sister. Hallelujah. They were being neglected. They were being neglected. So they said, look, let's get 12 other people. They summoned the multitude, and they said, let's get 12. It's not desirable that we should leave the word of God or start serving tables. There's a call in our lives. We really need to focus on that. If, if we start getting into a lane that's not our calling, then our calling and what we're called to do, it's, it's going to lack. So what we need to do is realize, and let's acknowledge, let's acknowledge. You ready? Let's acknowledge we have a problem. I think that's pretty great, don't you? You know, it's, it's bad when leadership would say, hey, what do you mean, man? I got glory flying off my fingertips. Don't tell me I got a problem. You know what they acknowledged? We have a problem. You know, that these widows are being overlooked. This is a big deal. And I, I think what, that was really awesome, wasn't it, that they acknowledged that. So they said, look, it's not good for us to, you know, stop doing the ministry, so we need to do something. So they, they expand. They realize we need to change our, our style of governing and sharing and moving together as a family here. So they said, pull out seven guys from among you. And these were Greek guys because all their names were Greeks. It was a Greek problem, so they chose out seven Greek guys who could find out who are the people being overlooked, and let's make sure we deal with that problem. So they picked out seven guys. They said, I want these guys you select, though I want them to be good reputation, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, and we're going to appoint them over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And this saying pleased the whole group. Everybody, yay! Everybody say yay! yay! I mean, it's really great. We had a problem. It was a very serious problem. And you know what? We're going to deal with it. So deal with it. Deal with the stuff. You know, you're, even in the most wonderful of revivals and glorious downpours of the Holy Ghost, you still got people. You still got family. You still got stuff going on. The laundry still got to get done. Amen. Things still have to happen. So it pleased the whole multitude. So they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Permanus, and Nicholas, the proselyte from Antioch. All of them were Greek. Whom they set before the apostles, and they prayed over them. They laid their hands on them and said, this is good. Now look at verse 7. Say, then, then. What happened then? You know what happened then? Then the word of God spread. The number of disciples multiplied, not just multiplied, but multiplied greatly multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many priests were obedient to the faith. And you might go, so what? I'm telling you, if you're a priest and you were used to administration, you were used to running and, and taking care of the people of God, I'm sure the priests were looking on going, see, even with these folks, even this big now, this glory downpour, these people who've accepted the Christ, even they got problems in their community. Look at the problems. They're all bickering and fighting. But when they watched how they dealt with it, the priests went, oh my goodness. That was wise. Look how they've solved the situation, how they've calmed the problem, how they've cared for the people, and everyone is satisfied and everyone is blessed. The priest went, you know what? That showed a lot of wisdom. I'm in. And you know, sometimes the manifestation of how you do community is just as important as massive downpours of miracles and glory and all that stuff. A lot of priests, the word spread more. Great multitude, more came into the kingdom. And you see, those who weren't, well, miracles, great. We expect miracles. We have God. He heals people, all that. We expect that. But when they saw community, when they saw loving, caring, moving community, when they saw people who really knew how to lead in a manifestation of the community and the revelation of the Father's heart, they went, boom, I'm in. That was, that was good, Pastor. That was good. Rick Joyner. Rick Joyner. Rick Joyner wrote a book about the Welsh revival. The greatest revival that has yet to hit the earth. 
There's never been a revival like it before, never been one since, something that literally changed a whole nation, radically changed a whole nation. The roots of our movement come out of that revival. The roots of my faith come out of that revival. My dad's a Welshman, and, and my, my uh, grandfather, he's buried right where the plaque says where the revival began. My grandfather is buried. His, his grave is literally, not that you want to spit, but you could if you want to. If you spit, you'd hit his gravestones right there. I mean, it, they were greatly a part of it, served it, blessed it. And uh, so big deal. This revival was a big, big deal. Now listen to this quote. Listen to this, because here's what he's talking about. As much as it was a powerful revival, about three and a half years later, you'd visit West saying, wow, so exciting to be in this nation that was changed by the power of God, and you wouldn't even known it happened. Three and a half years later, you wouldn't even known there was a visitation of God. How sad is that? Here's what Rick Joyner said. He said, however, it was their strength in being so open to the Holy Spirit that was an enemy used to push them too far so that they actually prohibited the organization that was needed to help preserve the great advances that were made. Because of this, in just a couple of years after the revival evidence of the revival, evidence of it was scarce, and the whole nation quickly drifted back to its former depravity. Now, move of God, we all need that, because who doesn't need a move of God? Who doesn't want to always be where the cloud is moving and the glory of God is? Absolutely we need that. But you know, here's what people tend to do, though, is they forget that. There's a wineskin that has to be maintained. There's a, a community that has to stay abreast of what God is doing and what he's moving. Who wants the power of God where there's no love? It was said in the word of God, you could have the ability, 1 Corinthians 13 says, you could have the ability to speak to a mountain, such a gift of faith, you could speak to the mountain and command it to be moved. Move one mountain from here to there. How many think that would be very cool? I would actually pay to see that. If they were taking up an offering after that, I'd write a big check. You could move a mountain. You go, mountain be moved. I'd like to move the Rockies a little closer to Ontario. Quite honestly, it's flat and boring around here. Wouldn't it be nice to open your windows and see a nice mountain? Mountain. Oh, sorry, neighbors. That's rough there. You know what? That'd be pretty amazing if you could move a mountain. But you know what the word says? If you can move a mountain and you don't have love, you are... Nothing, like not, not, even, not even you're not as good or you could be better, but you are nothing, nothing. Oh my goodness, I, I think that's pretty cool. But God says, you know what? All of that without the context, the environmental love does not even register in the heavenly economy. Now we want all of it though. We want the wine and the wineskin. We want the dynamic and we want a healthy, flexible vehicle that can manifest the purposes of God. Can I get an amen? Does anybody feel me today? Does anybody know where I'm going? Okay, good, good. So structure is important. Right. So, so for beauty and for clarity to be revealed, it needs a context. For beauty and clarity, if I got my wife a diamond and I, I said, oh, it's here in my pocket. Here you go, honey. And I just gave her a little diamond. She went, oh, that's awesome. Then she'd have to put it in her pocket. You know, I just got engaged. I got my diamond. Let me get it for you. Isn't that nice? Yeah, that's great. You see, you take the diamond, you put it in a beautiful setting, and you put it on her hand, and she goes, I just got engaged. Ooh. Actually, it's this hand. Ooh. <laughs> you, you, why do you do that? Why do you put the diamond in that you know, setting? You do it because you want to manifest the beauty of it. 
See, God wants to manifest himself. He wants to display himself. So he has decided that I'm going to put myself in a context. I'm going to display my nature, my beauty, my power, and my ability, and I'm going to put it in a vehicle called the family of God. And see, the family of God is really, really important. You see, you come to my family, you see my kids, you see us, you're going to experience not just us, but you're going to experience a context. You're going to experience a culture. You're going to experience something. You're going to experience the Thomases. You can get a picture of the Thomases. That's the Thomases. But then you come hang out with the Thomases. You go, that's the Thomases. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting, and those who have lots of it uh, uh, know what I'm talking about. All right, so you got to have it. The family of God is that context where the nature and kingdom of God are best displayed. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. He didn't say pray like this. He didn't say pray my Father, which art in heaven. He said our Father. Say our. See, this is a group thing. In fact, the body of Christ, it is a group thing. When, it, when Paul said Christ in you is the glory of God, the you was not specific and individual. It was you. It was plural, distinctly plural. It was not Christ in you. Christ in me is the glory. No, it's not. It's Christ in us or Christ in you is the glory of God. It's the hope of manifesting, the hope of realization, the hope of the manifestation of God's glory in the earth is Christ in us. It's the family of God. It's the body of Christ. And that this functions real, real well is important to what God intends to do in the earth. Can I get an amen, just a little one? Just throw one at me. Can I get a little louder one? Can I get a little bit louder? Can I get a little louder now? Can I get a little louder now? Can I get a my God. Cheryl, if you're watching, I am. I'm a needy individual. I am. It's, it's the way it is, you know. Hope you put your offering in with PayPal. The body of Christ, Ephesians 3.14, for this reason I bow my knees to the Father. Say Father. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom the whole family in heaven, in heaven and earth, this beautiful community in heaven and earth, it is the family of God. I read it earlier, Psalm 68, 5 and 6, the Father. He is a father to the fatherless. He's a defender of widows. Is God in his holy habitation, his habitation, the church, the body of Christ. The gates of hell won't prevail against the church. God set the solitary in families. He brings out the those who are bound into prosperity. He's a good God. He's a God who takes the lonely and puts them in families. He takes the solitary and he puts them in community. He wants you to grow in community. Amen? You wouldn't even need the fruit of the Spirit if you're living by yourself. Who are you going to be kind to? Who are you going to be patient with? Me, myself, and I. Hey, what? God afflicts you with the people you need <laughs> to bring out his very best in you. Amen? He afflicts me, Pastor? I don't know. Sometimes, you know, you wonder why God puts some people in your life. Me, you know, you wonder, why is he my pastor? Praise Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Because I don't want you to feel comfortable. Amen. All right, Romans 8, 15 and 16. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. You received the spirit of adoption. We sang about it today. I'm not a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. And this is better than just being born as a child of God because in this one it says there's adoption. The spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. When you start singing that song, I am a child of God, your spirit says, yes, I am. I am a child of God. It's true. I am a child. Oh. 
Like you can feel the spirit just pushing up in you. Yeah, it's true. It's absolutely true. Can you? Can you? Can you? Can you? I know you can. I know you can. But here's what's beautiful about adoption. Now, written in a Roman culture, when Paul uses the word adoption, I mean, he understands that because in their culture, you could have a child and the child could be yours. But in their culture, if you had the baby and didn't want it, you could toss the baby out. And that was okay. That's rough. But in their culture, if you had a baby or a child that you adopted, you cannot, you can never, ever disown someone that you've adopted. Never. And so on purpose, Paul used this. On purpose, Paul wanted to reveal that you've been adopted by God. What does that mean then? It means that you can never be disowned. Never. Even when I really take them off. Even when you really take them off. You can never, ever be disowned by your heavenly father because you are his by adoption. Amen. Let all the people that have had especially a wicked week say, praise the Lord. I saw that. Man, you know what? He'll never quit on you. He's going to be faithful to you. And that's a good thing, isn't it? Say amen. All right. First Peter 1, 3. All praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we've been born again, born again, because God raised Jesus from the dead. Now we live with that expectation. So we've been born through adoption, but we also been born of his spirit, the spirit. We are born. You're covered on every side. You're born into the kingdom. You can't be unborn and you've been brought into his family by adoption. You cannot be disowned. So it's covered in every way, and that's really good news to those who have a frail salvation. Don't have a frail salvation. Be absolutely assured that you are a child of God. Amen. Now, when community changes, everything changes. Doesn't it change? When community grows, everything changes. When we got a big dog that I didn't want in our home, he's a big Rottweiler named Bo. He's about 130 pounds now. He's at doggy daycare this weekend because I don't want to deal with him on my own. But he loves doggy daycare, and I can go on Facebook, and they have pictures of him playing with other dogs, and I say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but you see, now I'm paying for doggy daycare. That's a whole different thing in my community that I didn't really need before. But, and, you know, now I, I've got, we, we went and we bought a car. That car that has the flat tires, that's the car that Cheryl wanted because she bought that car because the seats, back seats pop up this way. Not this way. They pop up this way so that Bo literally just has to lift his feet and walk right into the back of the car. So I'm looking at other cars, making deals on better cars. I don't like that car. But Cheryl's like, I like that car. Why? Because of Bo. So now you see, everything I'm doing, my, my second car, I'm doing everything I'm doing, I'm doing because of my expanding family and my relationship with this dog. I'm cutting a new deal with a great car. It's so awesome. And by the time I get out, I go, Cheryl, we're going to take this one for a spin. It's a great car. She says, I called the other guy. I want that one. She went right out from underneath me. Went, Anyways. It's all a blessing. Thank you, Sheila. God bless you. I'm not picking on Cheryl, am I? Am I talking about my wife? She's the blessing. She's my crown. She's the blessing of my life. She's the best thing that ever happened to me and to you. Trust me. <laughs> she really is. But, but now we, we, Carly gets married to Johnny and they have a baby. They have Frankie. So now my whole world changes. We got to strap car seats in. Not any car seat, but my daughter inspects it. You know, not, don't get that one. Don't get this kind of go. They're all approved. Yeah, but it's not that great. You know, and, and, you know, they're making sure we put it in the car right and all that stuff. I said, I took you down to Chicago in a box in the back seat. You weren't even strapped in. And she laughs at me and says, well, I was in the old days. Ha, ha, you people were crazy. Ha, ha, ha. 
I just strapped in a little MG midget. It wasn't even a, a proper seatbelt or seat. You were sitting in an MG midget in a convertible, free to the open sun, you know? <laughs> I mean, my parents had a convertible. My brother fell out of the back, turning a corner. Praise the Lord, and he's okay. But now we got to bubble wrap everything. But you're in community, everything changes. It's just bizarre how it all goes on. You come to my place now when Frankie's around and we're listening to like Papa Pig and Ruby and Ralph or whoever they are. Some flat bunnies on the screen, blah, blah, blah. I'm watching trolls and all kinds of nonsense. I'm singing, I'm dancing around my living room singing songs with a two-year-old. Papa. Papa. I mean, things change. Stuff changes when you get in community, and there's amazing the things that you'll do because you're in community. But you know, because things change, I have to have systems and structures and things. I mean, Gordon Pat, they had to get a seven-seater vehicle so that they could take all the grandkids with them to Michigan. I mean, do you guys need a seven-seater vehicle? No, not their little community, but because things have changed. The structures change, the systems have to change because stuff is changing. You know what? As the body of Christ, we got to stay flexible. We got to stay abreast. We got to realize that our community, we got to make adjustments. We got to do things. We got to stay fresh. We got to stay present in community. Can I get an amen? amen? All right. That was good. That was good. I like this church. It's not too big, so I can make a few friends and it's not real. We want it to get bigger because yeah. we can keep the smallness even with a bigger group of people. Because the culture is awesome. Smallness isn't because of smallness. You can have smallness in a multitude. You can get lost in a small group of people too. But we want to expand and multiply. Okay, all right. Move on, Pastor. Praise God. George, keep an eye on that clock there. All right. African proverb. I don't know if it is or not. We got some folks from Africa. I don't know. Maybe they heard it. I don't But here's what it says. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. If you want to go fast, go alone. Amen? And how many like going alone? I like going alone. Because it's true, when you go with others, it's like, you know, you're driving. And, and I had my kids totally trained. That when we go on a long journey, you make sure you empty that bladder before we get in the car. Because when we get in the car, Papa not stopping for nothing but gas. Now we got a son-in-law, and Johnny gets in the car, and Johnny going, do you need gas yet? We just pulled out. And Johnny did not grow up in our home, so he wasn't subject to the bladder control. So we've had to change our systems. We've had to change how we do stuff. Anyways, stuff happens. Here's my parents' generation. Right? Here's my parents' generation. If it isn't working, repair it. Here's this generation. If it isn't working, replace it. Let me say it again. If it isn't working, repair it. This generation, if it isn't working, replace it. And then there's Sue Hurley's generation. If there's a new one, get it. <laughs> like Sue Hurley is the, the most crazy, she's somehow so involved in technology. Like I think it's becoming a stronghold in her life. <laughs> but she is always searching, when's the next phone gonna come out? Not because her phone's not working, but because if there's a new one, gotta have it. I mean, they send, they send the new updates. I say, I don't like to update right away, Sue, because the new updates often don't have the bugs out of them. A few days later, they're going to send us updates with the bugs out from the update they already sent. So don't update right away. Too late, Pastor, I updated. Like, if there's an update, we update. If there's new technology, we need it. We got to have it, Pastor. But, you know, we, we got to be careful. I'm just messing with Sue. I love Sue. I do. But, you know, sometimes we can get that attitude in our whole life. We can get like that with relationships. We can get like that with anything in our world. You know, it's broken. 
get a new one. My marriage is broken, get a new one. You know, my parents, if it was broken, you repair it. You fix stuff. Amen? We got a washer and a dryer we've had for over 15 years. I'm still shocked that it's working. But it's still working. I don't know where it is in the house. It's somewhere. I need a map to find the washing machine. But uh, I've, never, I've actually never turned it on. It's, it's a true story. <laughs> but my wife is telling me now that, that she says, I can't believe they're still working. And she's starting to hint, though, that now she says, I wonder if it's not consuming a lot of energy. I go, how do you measure that? You know, can you turn it on, run outside and watch the meter? Or what do we do? You know, like, I mean, I mean, for me, it's still working, right? She says, yeah, but if it's consuming a pile of energy, we could get the new energy efficient ones. You know, we could probably save the money of a washer in a year. I went, yeah, sure. You just want a new one. Not happening. I don't know where they are, but they're still working. So we're keeping them. God bless you, honey. I hope you're not watching now, but anyways. You know, we got to be, you know, some, sometimes in relationship, in community, like, work it out. Amen? I know a lot of people in town that need a new community, and they should come here, amen, because it ain't working. But, you know what, when you're in community, sometimes, you know, the, the Greek widows weren't getting taken care of, but they worked it out. They fixed it. They figured it out. So listen, impact people. Let me move on really fast. Oh, my goodness. Impact people are committed to living in authentic community. Say authentic. Or Real just real. I hope you know that I'm not perfect, but I'm real. In Jesus' eyes, I'm totally perfect. In fact, he says, I'm nuts. In fact, he, every day I wake up, he says, you're so cute. So I don't know what he says to you, but he loves that. So you cannot fulfill the purpose of God in your life outside of community. You can't know God without community. You can get to heaven without community, but you can't manifest God's fullness in your life without community. You need community. Aren't you glad God planted you right here with us? Aren't you glad that you're here and this is the community God's put us with? So we want to manifest community. I thought on family day weekend, we should talk about the family of God. I just want to quickly go right back to our vision. Why do we exist as a church? Who are we? Impact church. Here's our vision. Transforming lives to impact their world. That's what we're all about. We're all about seeing people from backgrounds and situations where there's any brokenness. We want to see it fixed. We want to see people's lives put back together, but not just put back together so they can get to heaven, put back together so that heaven can go blasting out of their bellies, so that heaven can be manifest in their communities, so that they can impact their world. That's what we're all about. We're seeing lives transformed and changed so they can imp like Dale I need a better job Lord give me a new job he gets a new job oh my back is killing me give me a new back oh my foot is killing me give me a new foot what's going on Dale how'd all that happen God is my father and he touches my life every day and you share that testimony of how God is moving in your life impact church our mission to establish a global high impact church will raise up team ministries which will declare and demonstrate all the good news of Jesus Christ in a relevant way to this generation causing many people to realize freedom Amen. So we do that. We have, we have real, genuine partnerships in several places in the globe. And I, Pastor Jacob from India, I'm trying to get him here in May because I want you to meet him because he's just a radical, amazing guy. But there are so many partnerships and places in the world that have been impacted by this little church, this little community. And so many of them exploded and expanded way bigger than we are. Our impact in the globe is bigger than our impact right here at home. But I want the impact at home to shine real bright and get bigger too, don't you? But we're a part of that.
that. We want to we see, and that's why we really believe that our mission is global. It's global. All right, this is uh, Bill Johnson. Great quote, I love it. He said, if I obey out of discipline, I adjust my insides to what God is saying and doing, and that's fine. But when I do it out of passion, I adjust my outsides. I change everything outside of me, everything that comes in contact with me. When I live out of passion, I'm contagious. When I live out of discipline, I'm admired. I love that. When I live out a passion, I'm contagious. When you live out a passion, literally, you go into places, you're, you infect people, you impact people. When you live out a discipline, people go, well, there's a disciplined guy. But when you live out a passion, people say, I want some. I want to be impacted. Those people, I just get whatever they got, I want. But you know what? If it's a life of self-discipline, I don't, know, I, want, I don't want to work harder relationship. I want to be impacted by God. I want to be invaded by the passion of heaven. Amen. So there's verbs we value. Here they are, verbs we value. And it's right in our, our uh, new uh, convert kits, our visitor kits, all these things we talk about and on our website, we talk about the verbs we value. And these are verbs we value. There are values wrapped up in these verbs. Follow. What we want people to do is follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. I mean, that is really it. Because if you'll follow Jesus, that really, if you'll get that part done, that's the end of the story. Because Jesus is the absolute full revelation of God. If you're following Jesus, the perfect manifestation of the Father is Jesus. And if you're following him, you got it. And that's our first priority is follow Jesus. Number two, though, is we want you to discover. We want you to discover your purpose. We want you to discover your particular giftings and callings. And we have several mentoring books and different things. We intentionally take people through a process to help them discover their giftings and their callings. And if you want to do that, tap, 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 just tell us, and we'll take you through that. And we'll take you on a journey to unpack everything that God has wired you with. Then we want you to be connected in community. Get in a small group. Get in groups. Do something and participate when there's things going on volunteer do stuff get connected because if you're not connected you don't even need the fruit of the spirit get connected invite i mean we want you to invite we want you to be part of inviting we want you to invite the whole world to a relationship with jesus and give god's resource you and bless you we're doing this together and together we can give and partner and do incredible things and then serve because it's all about others where are you serving right now in impact church in our family are you serving what are you doing in the body of christ bang there it was a little recap of our vision and our mission can i get a hallelujah all right, quickly now, I want you to tell you about the, the family. In this family, we laugh a lot. In this family, we, I know I didn't spell it right. In this family, we laugh a lot. And I spelt it like that because I want to give you four points. You ready? Here they are. It's part of our community. It's part of our family. This is the family of God. This is the family that gathers at 220 Adelaide Street North. We call ourselves Impact Church. We have a vision. We have a purpose. We have a revelation that God's called us to do. And because we are a family, here's things that are important to our family. Number one, as a family here, we laugh a lot. Number one, we love unconditionally. We love unconditionally. What does that mean? It means there are zero conditions on our love. There's not a single reason that exists or doesn't exist or anything on heaven created, not created, whatever. There's nothing that will encroach upon our responsibility, passion, and desire to manifest love to you. Our love will never fail. It'll never quit. It'll never give up because we love on purpose and we love unconditionally. The only way that you could not experience love in this house is if you ran away and disappeared and refused to be hugged upon and blessed. 
Because a new commandment I give to you is that you love one another as I have loved you. How has he loved us? Unconditionally. Completely. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The righteous for the unrighteous that we might become the children of God. So love unconditionally, that is a value that we have and it's something we want to do. Look at this little sentence I wrote for you. Trying not to sin does not lead to loving others. How many have a trying not to sin mantra? It's every day I wake up, try not to sin, try to be a better person, try every day, try to be good, 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 try, 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 try. <laughs> trying not to sin does not lead to loving others. It really is a manifestation of your own ego and your own self-righteousness. I am trying to be a better person. You are a better person. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It doesn't come through trying, it comes through receiving. And it's to every one of us, every one of us exactly the same way. If you think you can dress yourself up, you're gonna get a nasty surprise. Because God doesn't want that kind of righteousness. He wants his righteousness, which the truth is you could never, ever do. All your badness is filthy rags. No, all your righteousness is filthy rags. Every attempt that you make to be like him in the flesh is an abomination to God. Everything that's good in you has to come from your relationship with the spirit of God. Listen now, trying not to sin does not lead to loving others. I'm not going to look at my neighbor's wife I'm not going to do it because I don't want to be tempted with lust. I don't want to be tempted to steal my neighbor's wife. I'm going to try not to look at her. Hello! How are you? Can't look at you because I'm trying not to sin. You don't overcome the mud puddle by stopping looking at the mud puddle. Not calling my neighbor's wife a mud puddle. That's, that's. Loving others leads to less sin. Loving others. See, stop sinning doesn't mean you love others more. But you know what? Loving others. I love my neighbor. I would never, ever consider developing any type of relationship with his wife that's inappropriate ever. Why? Because I love them. And love would never want to damage that relationship. I love them way too much. To, you know, they, they, I pray for them. I, I love them. So why would I ever consider something stupid like that? But, you know, we, we get all the performance stuff ahead of love. But love God. I love the, the old, uh, you know, uh, uh, teacher. He said, love God and do as you please. Oh, no, that's careful now. Can't do as you please. Because you don't trust yourself, do you? Love God and do as you please. Because when you get the loving God part right, everything else falls in place. And you know what? We're going to be a community that doesn't like, I love you in the love of the Lord, sister. Hallelujah. God bless you. I don't really like you much, but I love you with the love of the Lord. <laughs> like that's pretense and just silly stuff. It's good old performance religion. How are you, brother? Good to see you. Praise God. The love of the Lord. Hallelujah. <sighs> we want real, authentic community. You know what? I ain't perfect. I'm pretty messed up on any given day. But you know what? He loves me like crazy. And because he's loved me like crazy, I can love you like crazy. Because who the sun set free is free indeed. I don't have to perform for you because I love you because he loves me. And I can be real with you because I don't feel like I have to get your approval or your acceptance. I believe I already have it. Because the love of God is shed abroad in your heart. I feel it's washing over me. And I feel really, really comfortable to be a real person in front of you. 
because we're not in a pretentious, creepy relationship. Can I get an amen? George, you got to watch that clock, buddy. Hallelujah, you better tap it. I got to move quicker. Sorry, I got stuck there. Number two, A stands for accept completely. Well, that sounds a lot like love. Well, it does. Accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. And Lamont said, you can safely assume you're created a God in your own image when it turns out God hates all the same people you do. I know she's not a believer, but it's still a really good quote. Do you hang around with people that, uh, oh, I hate them. Me too. Oh, they're ungodly. Oh, I agree. Oh, yeah. You know what? God doesn't hate anybody. God loves everybody, completely, absolutely accepts everybody. But you can guarantee that somebody's worshiping God of their own making if we all gather together. And the reason we hang out is because we all hate the same people. Hallelujah. Amen. Any progressive conservatives in the house? Yes! Yes! Hallelujah! Down with the liberals! Down! Down! <laughs> Just messing with you. But you know what? Sometimes in religion, you'd think that, you know, we got political allegiances. and It just gets kind of weird and creepy. Pray for your leaders, whoever they are, and you'll have a godly life. You'll have a godly world. You'll have a peaceful world, and it'll go well for you. doesn't matter what party they're from. Pray for them makes the difference. You know, we get all weird about who we're going to accept and who we don't accept. I don't accept them. I accept them. Who do you accept? Oh, we accept the same stuff. It's creepy. It's weird. Stop it. Are you guys leaving me or did I say something wrong? Did I, did I offend you? You had an appointment for lunch? Or... We love you. <laughs> Just kidding, Nicole. It's awesome. All right, number three. Move along, Pastor. Forgive on purpose. Forgive me. On purpose. First Peter 4, 8. Above all things, have intense and unfailing love for another. Love covers a multitude of sins, forgives and disregards the offenses of others. Forgives and disregards the offenses of others. Forgive on purpose. Move right along. Here we go. Max Licato in Shape by Grace. This is amazing. I was reading this and he said, what disturbs me most about Jeffrey Dahmer, Jeffrey Dahmer is the guy who killed all kinds of people, put him in his freezer, ate some people, creepy stuff. But he says, what disturbs me most about Jeffrey Dahmer is not his acts, not his trial, not his punishment, but his conversion. Do you know that Jeffrey Dahmer accepted Jesus? He came, became a believer, was discipled by a guy. He got baptized in water, was attending Bible studies, but then somebody in the prison did end up killing the guy. But you know, Max Licata was being honest. He said, when I first read that he was converted and all that stuff, he says, that bothered me more. That, it bothered me more than him being an ax murderer. What bothered me more was that God saved him that he became a part of my family, that bothered me more than anything, that he's now a part of the family. You know what? Love absolutely, totally accepts, totally loves, totally forgives. You know, we want to be that kind of a community here. Don't you? Don't you? Let's move on. William Arthur Ward said, thoughts of a Christian optimist. Here's what he wrote. He said, we're most like beasts when we kill. We're most like men when we judge, but we're most like God when we forgive. Amen to that. Thank you, Jesus. All right, number four. Number four is the H, honor everyone. Honor everyone. I love this verse in Proverbs 20, verse five. It's uh, actually in the ESV translation. It says, the purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. 
The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Do you know there's a purpose in your heart? There's a purpose in your life. There's something that you desire. There's something God created you for, and it's in your heart. And you know, here at Impact, we really want to honor every single person because we really believe that God's placed something fantastic in you, and we want to serve you, and we want to honor you because every single person is significant. Every person is awesome. Every person has great deposits of God in them that we feel absolutely responsible to make sure that there's an environment where you can thrive and you can be blessed and you can grow into everything that God wants you to be, that every desire of your heart can come into manifestation. Please settle down. It's really, really true. Give me another slide. Because we are committed to authentic community, because we are committed to authentic community, everyone is welcome. We already have it on our website. Everyone is welcome. We actually, the welcome on our website is so wide open, we get calls about it. They say, are you really going to welcome everyone? We get calls. People are surprised that we say, you know, there's all kinds of churches say everyone welcome, but they actually call surprised because they found out that's not really true. But you know, we really want every single person to know that in our family, you're welcome to the table of the Lord. Everyone. Everyone is welcome. Your background doesn't matter to me one bit. It's not like, come on in, fill out a form, please. Let's see. <laughs> out you go. I mean, oh my goodness, what were you thinking? You know what? Everyone is welcome. Number two, nobody is perfect. I know, except, except you. Yeah, thank you, and. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. You see, in Christ, I am absolutely perfect. He says, I'm teleos. I am complete in Christ. I am hidden in Christ. I mean, it's so good. I am perfect. But you know what? Bring your Bible and your problems. Has anybody got any problems? I can't tell you how many people I've heard of that say, we're doing a baptismal service. I'm just trying to get some things right first. <laughs> Where'd you get that from? You know where they got that from? Religion. Religion says, you know, make yourself acceptable to God, then come. No, nobody's perfect. Bring your Bible and your problems. Did anybody bring some problems today? Wow, you guys got issues. All right. <laughs> and number three, listen, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Simons can become Peters. Lives are transformed and touched so their personal world is transformed, but then they're transformed to touch their world. We're family here. That's what we are. And the greatest manifestation of God in the earth is the family of God. And the greatest tangible, you know, forensic demonstration that God is really alive should be that I've got children. I've got offspring. There's a community that manifests my nature and it manifests my kingdom. And God's family is the most beautiful living organism in the world. And it manifests his kingdom and the fullness of who he is. And that's all. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. We just want to be children of God. Come on, stand up with me. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, can you bow your heads? Close your eyes just for a minute with me. Just believers, it's a really good time to pray right now. Pray right now. Pray, pray, pray. Heavenly Father, I just bless this house. I bless each one right now. Father, I just pray for the entrance, the wide open entrance of your saving grace. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now listen, if you're here today, you say, wow, hey, 
I'd like to be a part of the family of God. Well, it's not joining a church. It's, it's accepting Jesus because the way to the Father is through Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. And when you accept Jesus and that he's forgiven your sins and he's totally set you free, he's removed every obstacle between you and your heavenly Father. When you just accept that and say, yes, you're a child of God. It's amazing. Now, if you've never done that, you say, I want to be a part of the family of God. I really do. If you've never done that, you want to. I just want to pray for you today before you leave. You ready? And I'm going to pray for you right now. But just identify that you want to do that. and Say, I want to do that. Pastor, pray for me before you go. I'm going to count to three. I'm going to go one, two, three. And at three, if that's you, just lift your hand up. Lift it up high enough so I can see it. There's nobody else looking around. It's just you. Just you and God. You know, he's inviting you. He's inviting you right now. Come on home. Come on home. Now, if that's you, I'm going to count to three. You ready? One, two, three. Just put your hand up really high. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Just lift your hand up really high so I can see it. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Thanks. Anyone else? You can do it now. You can still do it. Go ahead. Anyone else? All right. On this family day, what an amazing thing for people to say, I want to be in the family of God. Isn't that beautiful? We're all going to pray. You put up your hand, you pray. You pray out loud. We're all praying out loud with you. So you lift up your voice. You ready? Pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for forgiving me. Thank you that through you, I can become one with my heavenly Father. I receive you now as my Lord and as my Savior. I confess Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, and he's alive forevermore. So Holy Spirit, come and testify with my spirit right now that I am a healed and set free child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, that was good. Somebody might tap you on the shoulder and talk to you just because we want to follow up the process. But we love you, and so good to have you. I want to bless you all. I hope you're going to have an awesome family weekend. Could I have all the people who are going to minister at the altar? Can you guys come up now and just get ready to pray? There's people here at the altar ready to pray for you. If you got any issue or anything, it doesn't matter what it is. There's people, a part of this house, a part of your family that are ready to pray for you and love on you. So if you need prayer for anything, the altar is open. And priests, you know, make every effort. Just come and enjoy that liberty. So I bless you now in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for my family here at Impact. Thank you for the way we flow together and the love that we have for one another. Keep it fresh. Keep it real, Lord. I just love them all so much, and I pray that you would invade each one with your kindness. I pray for healing in their bodies, healing in their families, healing in every situation of their lives. And I pray, Lord, that they enjoy fellowship with you, knowing that you are my Father. You're our Father. Let your blessing touch each and every life. So in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, let the love of the Father, let the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and let the intimate fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with each and every one, now and always, in your name. Amen.